All right, um, so um, I'm Larry Pruitt. I'm chairman of our elder board, and uh, it's uh, my uh, chance to get to stand up here and help kind of lead through some exciting things that God has done here this year. So uh, first, I'd like to kind of start out by opening this meeting. I'd like to call to order this 2014 annual business meeting of Grace Community Church. Uh, I'd like to start off with just a word of encouragement, too. I've been trying to think, what is it I want to share? You know, I kind of get something from some other book, and I'm thinking, Lair, what is it that really inspires you about this church? So what it is that impresses me? It's the fact that this church is really focused on the needs of others. It's often expressed when we step up and give big for special offerings for relief or other kinds of ministry. It's also demonstrated by so many of the members here that get involved in mission work both locally and around the world and in mission work and those teaching these classes and these Sunday school classes that people do every single week. Uh, you know, Brett Harvey dragged me off to Romania a few years ago to teach English, a computer science major. Yeah, right, you know? But, uh, you know, it has forever changed me and given me a perspective of the world that I had not experienced before. And our church is really supporting 45 different mission groups right now and contributing 12% of our, off the top of our budget to mission work. Um, you know, Pastor John shared today that what we really are made of is, is expressed in what we do with our spare time. And I'm personally encouraged by the family of grace this way. It's kind, this kind of selfless giving actually you know, creating, is creating its own culture around here. And I'm really thrilled to be a part of it. It's the fabric really of who we are. Can we pray? Believe it or not, I'm pretty nervous about being here. So I don't know about you guys, but I am. Father, uh, we look to you tonight. We want Jesus to be glorified, just as you are every time we meet here on Sunday mornings for our worship time. And we ask that you be glorified and that we get to see what all you have done and what you're doing in this church. So use us tonight for your glory. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, I'd like to ask Kevin Saltzman, our church secretary, to come up and read the minutes of our 2013 meeting. Kevin? I'm the church elder secretary. No, I'm not actually a secretary, so. Um, so if it sounds bad, that's why. Uh, all right. Grace Community Church Annual Church Business Meeting, January 27, 2013. Opening praise and worship, Pastor Brian Johnson, Joseph Holt, and Rod Adams led the congregation in worship. Call to order with prayer. Elder Board Chairman Larry Pruitt called to order the annual business meeting at 6.15 p.m. and informed those present that we had a quorum. Larry had led the congregation in a short devotional. Reading of the minutes, Elder Secretary Kevin Salzman read the minutes of the annual business meeting of January 29th, 2012. A motion was made, seconded, and approved by, vo by voice vote to accept the minutes as read. Introductions and testimonies. Larry Pruitt introduced the pastoral staff and their spouses as well as the administrative staff and their spouses. Larry then introduced the members of the elder and deacon boards and their wives. Del Punt, Joseph Holt, and Chip McLaurin will be stepping down from the elder board because they have completed their second year three second three-year term. John Clark, David Conold, and Derek Miller have been nominated to serve their first three-year term on the elder board. Troy Pace and Steve Whitten will be stepping down from the deacon board because they have completed their second three-year term. Aaron Arnold and Stephen Huntley have been appointed to their third the first three-year term on the deacon board. John Clark, Dave Canold, Derek Miller, Aaron Arnold, and Stephen Huntley blessed the congregation by sharing their testimonies. A motion was made and seconded to approve John Clark, Dave Canold, and Derek Miller for their first three-year term on the elder board. Board officers, Larry Pruitt announced that the elder board has appointed Eric DeHaan as the chairman of the deacon board. 
The dean of board appointed Troy Pace. Oh, that is incorrect, actually. Sorry. It says Troy Pace is their vice chairman, but Troy Pace was stepping down. So I will correct my own minutes. How's that? Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Now i got to find my spot again. And they, Garrett Mays was, was to continue as the recording secretary. Larry Pruitt will continue to serve the chairman as the elder board of the elder board. Cecil Ellison was appointed the vice chairman, and Kevin Salzman will serve as the elder secretary. Financial year in review, Pastor Tim Allen, Eric DeHaan, and Weva Clark presented the financial report to the congregation. Weva informed the congregation that the IRS audited the church in August 2012. The auditor was very pleased with what he found and stated that the financial system that the church has in place is working very well. Weva also explained how the offering process and the budgeting process works. Pastor Tim Allen presented the final year in budget numbers for 2012. The church received $149,545.33 more than in 2011. Eric DeHaan explained the process that the staff, deacons, and elders go through to create the budget. He then presented the 2013 budget to the congregation. Complete and collected ballots. Elder, Elder Board Chairman Larry Pruitt instructed the congregation to mark their ballots. The ballots were collected and taken to the foyer to be tallied. Worship. Praise and Thanksgiving, Pastor Brian led the congregation to song in songs of worship and praise. New Campus, the congregation viewed a video of the prayer and education service that occurred at the new administration building. Jim Wood gave an update of the progress that has occurred on the new property. Pastor John explained the plan for the new Sunday programming that the church would like to implement once the new building and the remodel of our existing property is completed. Announcement of vote, Larry Pruitt announced the outcome of the vote. The 2013 GCC budget was approved. John Clark, Dave Canold, and Derek Miller were approved to serve their first three-year term on the elder board. Closing prayer, Pastor Brian led the congregation in final song of worship and praise. Thanks and praise, Pastor John shared about many of the great things God is doing at Grace Community Church. In 2012, we welcomed in 33 new members, baptized 39 people, and dedicated 13 children. 2013 is going to be a great year. Motion to adjourn, Larry Pruitt asked for a motion to close the meeting. There was a motion that was seconded and approved by voice vote to close the annual business meeting for 2013. Elder Chairman Larry Pruitt led the congregation in prayer and dismissed the members at 8.55 p.m. These minutes were written and respectfully submitted by Elder Secretary Kevin Salzman. Are there any other corrections uh, to the minutes as read? Uh, Don? I take notes. It's so much fun, I know, I know. We'll try to be sure and hit that target again tonight, too. Do, do I? Maybe 8.54. Do I have a motion to accept the minutes then as corrected? We have a motion. Second? All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Thank you. So at this time, what I'd like to do is I'd like to introduce uh, our staff and board and uh, there's a goodly number of them. And what I would like to do is when I introduce you and your spouse, if you have one, uh, if you would please stand long enough that we can see your pretty face and know who you are. Some people don't know you, so if you would do that. Now, the rest of us, I know that you love each of these folks dearly, but if you could hold your cheering, your applause, and your affection, and throwing of candy and all that. If you could hold that till the end, it'll save us all a lot of time, all right? So first off, senior pastor, John Venema and his wife, Shelly, just in case you don't know who he is or she is. Yeah, now see that? There we go. That's what I mean. Thank you. Uh, executive pastor Tim Allen and his wife, Margie. 
right over here. Okay, I know you love them. Okay, that's probably for Margie, not Sam. Okay, that's all right. You can, you can cheer for Margie. All right. Uh, Brian Johnson and Eileen. Is Brian's here? Okay. Uh, Don Shelton and Nancy. Great, thank you. Eric Putman and Amy. And they have a, a new one since last year, huh? The family has grown. Stephen Elliott and Holly. Thank you. Uh, Stephen's, uh, I should be helping out here. Brian's worship arts pastor, of course. Um, discipleship pastor is Don. Junior high pastor is Eric. Senior high pastor is Stephen. I wasn't reading those titles. And, of course, Tim is our executive pastor. And uh, then college career, Corey Ogborn and Sarah. Here we go, right back here. Very good, thank you. Children's Ministries, Kathleen Punt and Dell. Thank you so much. She's the one that's always needing help. Um, women's Ministries, or her ministry needs help. Okay. <laughs> not, not Kathleen, never, never. Uh, women's Ministries, Christine DeHaan and Eric. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, men's Ministries, uh, this might sound new, Michael Lopes and Christine. Where are they at? Right back there. Okay. Now, you recognize that this may be a new title for Michael. Uh, Michael's been serving in our intern program for several years now and uh, demonstrated in-service proven abilities and faithfulness and leadership. As a result, and in collaboration with the staff and the personnel committee, uh, the elders have unanimous, unanimously voted to promote Michael to the position of Men's Ministries Director. Uh, this action was taken. Yes, you can clap for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, well deserved. And this action was taken at a December 2013 meeting with an effective date of January 1st. So he's been rolling for a couple weeks now. Ah, on our intern side, we have Harriet Gray all the way in from Scotland. Miss Harriet, thank you so much. She's currently assigned to Children's Ministry. And the reason we say currently assigned is because as an intern, we bounce these people around. They get to get involved in a lot of different ministry work. So that's if um, uh, she's, you know, released there to do any of that work by Kathleen. You know, she may never let her go. Our other intern, Jared Irvine. Where's Jared hiding at? Here he is over here, Jared. And he's assigned to our college and career group. So he's Corey's right-hand, you know, man there. So... Our office staff, let's talk about who they all are. Graphic design and website coordinator, Rebecca Post, and her husband, Steve. Great. Thank you so much. Check out our website, you know. Uh, receptionist and ministry assistant, Taylor Anderson. Yay, Taylor. All right. Uh, our bookkeeper, Wava Clark. Her husband is John. Where's Wava at? Oh, there they are over here. Good. You'll see hear more from Wava later. Uh, children's ministry assistant, Charlene Hesslink and Lan. There we go. Great. Thank you so much. A facilities manager, Del Punt and Kathleen. Hmm. Just kind of flipping it around here, huh? <laughs> and then also the facilities assistant, Ben Harbin, who also wears many. He's in the sound booth. He wears many hats. He, so he's over here. Um, Children's Ministry Resource Coordinator is Kay Whistler and her husband, Dennis. A lot of you probably know Kay. I think they're away. I saw on Facebook it looked like they're away maybe. So keeping up with you all. You know, if you're moving out on Facebook, I'm going to be watching. So uh, on the elder side, um, we have a couple of us elders are going off. Uh, Brett Wells and his wife, Shannon. Where are you guys? Here they are, right over here. Thank you. 
Um, I'm going off, and my wife Carla is sitting over here. She gets to stand all by herself, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll be we've completed our terms of duty, and it's time for you know to to go off. Um, our deacons that'll be going off that have been serving us well, uh, Garrett Mays and his wife is Jill, over here. Great, thank you, Garrett, Jill, Wes Fulton, and Elva. Where are they? They're on a mission. There you go. Jim Wood and Yvonne. And you'll hear a lot more from Jim later. Uh, our current elder board is Pastor John and Shelley. You're still married to Shelley since the last time we saw you, I guess. So, okay, great. You're good. Shelley's good. Shelley's good. Um, officers um, for this new year will be Kevin Saltzman and his wife Karen, which is kind of an announcement in that too. All right. Also, uh, Cecil Ellison and Diane. Back there, and Dave Canold and Beth. Great. <laughs> do, do we have an issue we need to deal with here? Okay, it's all right. Um, also, Kevin Shore and his wife, Joni. They're back there. Great, guys. Thanks. Uh, John Clark and Weva. Good to have you guys here. And Derek Miller and Brandy. Here we go. Super. Our current uh, deacon board is um, chairman is uh, Eric DeHaan, his wife Christine. So we're flipping it around again now. Uh, Keith Douglas and Cindy. Okay. Uh, Ronnie Kutsir and Amber. Oh, thank you. Uh, Aaron, Arnold, and Michelle. Here they are. And then last but not least, Stephen Huntley and Jennifer. And poor Steve is ill, so he just didn't want to give us what he had. So we, we don't have him here tonight. What I would like to do now is there's a couple more names that uh, you may have seen that are um, you haven't been introduced to yet. So we have two new elder candidates, and we have uh, three new deacons. And so what I want you to do at this time is I want you to be able to hear their testimonies. When we have new members, new um, uh, members, appointees coming on, then we want them uh, to be able to share their testimony with you. So it's going to be short, is what we've told them. So, you know, we got the hook to help them out. Um, first off, uh, as on the elder board uh, that's before you tonight is Chip McLaurin and his wife, Becky. If we could introduce you two, okay. Becky, you don't have to share your testimony, but Chip, if you could come on over and share yours. So I about scared Tracy to death you know, about having to do that. So Chip's going to share. And then right after that, it will be Brett Harvey. And Brett, maybe I could just introduce all you guys. Brett, if you could stand in with Michelle. Thank you so much. Um, then Jim, Yale, and Liesel. Liesel, I'm sorry. I knew I was going to mess it up. And then uh, Kevin Kennedy and Tracy. Okay, thank you. And then Curtis Lindholm and Corinne. She's sick. Ah, okay. <laughs> so if you guys could just kind of jump right in behind each other would be great as, I, as we share there. Chip? Oh, the pole mic's working now? Okay, great. Very good. Just lay it down. I get fidgety with that anyway, so that's good. Uh, well, uh, it's a pleasure to be here tonight and to get to share a little bit of my testimony. Uh, you know, I had like about 10 pages written down, and then Cecil came up to me this morning and said, you know, it's like two minutes, Chip. Remember, two minutes. 
So this is going to be quick and, and try to get through it, but if you want to ask me later uh, anything, uh, I'd be happy to share. Um, just my testimony, I uh, grew up in church and um, uh, came to know the Lord at eight or nine years old through vacation Bible school. Um, but when I look back, uh, my spiritual journey really began uh, just a couple years before that uh, when my mother died of cancer. Uh, I know that's kind of a dark way to share your testimony or to start it, but when my mother died, my, my father shared with me that next morning uh, that she had gone to be with Jesus. And I remember from that point forward, or that was the point going forward, where I remembered, you know, even at six years old, that there was something about this church thing or, or about Jesus, you know, us going to church and all that. So, but anyway, when I look back, that's where, for me, where I see where that, that really, that seed of the gospel really, I think, began in my life. And so... I went there um, forward. My father remarried, and my stepmother's uh, father was a Baptist pastor. So we were just telling Caroline, we used to do this every Sunday night. <laughs> and it was 30 minutes away. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so through that church ministry, uh, through Vacation Bible School, I came to know the Lord. Uh, and just joking with John Clark about my testimony, I told him it's going to be the rough testimony tonight. So, But that was totally a joke. I had no, you know, rebellious stage in my life, and I used to struggle with that, especially as like a young adult, you know, you go to these youth rallies, and the guy gets up, you know, I was in the throes of drugs and alcohol, and that was never me, and, um, but my brother, who did go through that stage, told me one time, he said, Chip, listen, don't ever be ashamed of what you have and what God did for you, because he saved you, not just from your, your sins uh, eternally, but he saved you from that awful stage uh, that so many of us go through, so I... He's a pastor now, so he says why stuff like that. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so I went on and uh, went to college and uh, didn't meet Becky till my senior year in college. And we met uh, one summer. Uh, she was at my home church. I was at another church doing uh, mission uh, stuff uh, that summer. Uh, and we met and we had a long distance relationship. Um, we were just talking this morning about how that's actually was, was a positive thing for us. We both had a desire to go into missions, and so uh, we got married after college and went straight to seminary. Um, that's another story. That's a great one if you want to hear that sometime. I'm already over two minutes, but anyway. Uh, so we went on to seminary, and we were going to go on the mission field. Uh, we ended up going to the Middle East, uh, spent two years there uh, ministering amongst Muslims, and we desired to do that, uh, but our biggest struggle was uh, our identity. Not our identity in Christ, but how in the world were we there and had no job. So our Muslim friends would say, Chip, where does your money come from? And that was a struggle for us, and we felt like it was an issue for us. You know, we, sharing the gospel with Muslims actually is not a very difficult thing. They're very curious about what we believe. So we had no issue sharing the gospel, but we had issues with, you know, how do, how do we make money? How do we live in this community? And so that's what brought us here. And we were going to spend two years here, and uh, that was 10 years ago. And, uh, we were going to spend here two years, uh, get some more experience in agriculture, and then go back uh, into full-time ministry. Uh, but the Lord had something else in mind, and we're uh, very happy and very pleased, and we believe we're in his, his will right here where we are. And uh, my job takes me all over the world. I'll be in Pakistan, Vietnam, China, um, the Eastern, I've been in lots of places this year. If you know me, that's normal for me. But, um, but to have the opportunity to share the gospel in China and Pakistan, is that's very fulfilling for me. And uh, so we, we feel like the Lord brought us here to do that and, and has us here in this ministry. So I'm very excited and uh, honored to, uh, to be here uh, before you as um, uh, possibly one of your elders, if you check my name off. Um, and I, before I, I quit, I just want to say thank you to Becky. Um, she's great and very supportive of me and 
Uh, you do get us as a unit in my mind, and so uh, my wife is um, a very wonderful woman. If you don't get to know her, please do. And so uh, thank you very much. And I was going to demonstrate how I could teach as an elder and was going to go through the Book of Romans, but I couldn't do that <laughs> and, uh, in two minutes. So. My name is Brett Harvey, and uh, I'm 53 years old. I'm married to my wonderful wife, Michelle, who's seated right over there. You met her earlier. Uh, we have three kids. They're all grown. They all grew up in this church. Our oldest son, Kyle, and his wife, Jeanette, they live here in town. And our younger son, Eric, and his wife, Lizzie, live in Southern California. And our daughter, Taryn, she's a full-time student up in Chico State. My story about how I came to Christ. Well, I didn't grow up in a believing household. Uh, there was a Bible. And I guess because we were Americans, we believed in God. That was about it. And so the last few years of my high school experience were pretty turbulent. Uh, my brother and I really just made all kinds of problems for my parents. We were rebellious, uh, went to parties, got drunk, did drugs, uh, got involved with the occult. And then right out of high school, a friend of mine invited me to church. And I had kind of a, an Apostle Paul salvation experience. It was a black and white thing. And, and that was when my journey with the Lord started. Um, it's been an amazing journey. Um, I just immediately had this incredible hunger to know what was in the Bible and went to Bible study for, you know, college and career kids and got involved with uh, serving in children's church and uh, just really jumped right in. It was, it was great. Um, shortly after that, I met my wife and um, I want to fast forward to my time here at, at Grace Community. Um, we moved up here from Long Beach about 24 years ago. I had landed a job in Exeter, and we knew that we didn't want to take a, a job unless we could find a church that we'd be happy with. And so when I came up for the initial interview, we spent a little time driving around and, and looking at some of the churches, and I just pulled out the yellow pages and looked at the list of churches. Ah, Grace Community. I've been to one of those before. Let's go take a look. And so we came, and we liked what we saw. I thought, well, you know, if there's a job up here, this, this church might be worth considering when we come back. And so sure enough, one thing led to another, and I got another phone call, came back for another interview, and, you know, uh, I ended up getting the job on Exeter, where I've been for the last 24 years. And so we came back here, and Pastor Leroy was teaching the young marriage class, and we got plugged right in and started making friends, and, and this just became our church family. Um, our, our younger two were born here in Visalia, and have, they grew up here at church, you know, a lot of you know them, and, and we have been very blessed to, to be a part of this church body for all those years. Um, <clears throat> well, what have I been involved with? How did I get to this spot here tonight? Um, I've been involved with a lot of things here. My family's been involved with many things. Um, I think the initial thing that I did in terms of serving here was to be a home Bible study leader. This was before our groups. This was way, way back. It was just a home Bible study. Tuesday night Bible study that met on Thursday nights. Did that for a while, and then served in Fireflies for a long time, and adult Sunday school teacher kind of off and on here and there. I've served um, on the deacon board in the past, served on the elder board in the past, and a little more currently been involved with the Awana boys, fourth through sixth grade. Totally love those guys. It's a great thing to be part of. Um, in the last 10 years or so, um, the, the Lord has given me just a wonderful opportunity to, serve, to, uh, to see a fulfillment of a desire in my heart, and that was to be involved with missions. And um, I've been blessed and privileged to be part of 19 mission teams, um, Brazil, Mexico, Eastern Europe. Um, and more recently, I've become involved with the ministry up at Heartland Christian Camp, and I'm looking forward to that involvement again this summer. 
So I'd really uh, be honored if you chose me to serve the church body again, and would just ask for your prayers if you check my name off. So thank you. Hello, everyone. Now you get to see the difference between an elder and a deacon. I'll be reading mine. <laughs> my name is Jim Yale. Uh, my wife, LaSalle, and I have been at Grace for a little over 26 years. We have two sons, Weston and Landon. When I was informed that I was nominated to be a deacon, it was a bit of a surprise. My first reaction was, I'm not qualified. I'm not worthy. My dad was a deacon and an elder, and I always thought of deacons and elders as men who are much older, wiser, and more mature. Well, I'm definitely older now, <laughs> but not sure about the wise and mature part. My next reaction was a fear because I realized I would probably have to get up in front of the church and share my testimony. <laughs> well, I've been a correctional officer for over 24 years. And on a daily basis, I'm exposed to a lot of evil and violence. I've endured both physical and mental assaults over the years. But nothing I've experienced at work terrifies me as much as getting up in front of a crowd to speak. <laughs> but God has been speaking to me so clearly and nudging me to step out of my comfort zone and trust him in all of this. Um, there's a daily devotional I really like to read. It's called uh, Jesus Calling. I encourage you to... Check it out. It's great. We got a bunch of them at Costco. It's written as if Jesus were speaking words of encouragement to you. I'd like to read a portion of one I came across while making my decision. Be willing to go out on a limb with me. If that is where I'm leading you, it is the safest place to be. Your desire to live a risk-free life is a form of unbelief. Your longing to live close to me is at odds with your attempts to minimize risks. You are approaching a crossroads in your journey. In order to follow me wholeheartedly, you must relinquish your tendency to play it safe. So here I am. Let me give you a little more background about me. I was raised in a loving Christian home right here in the Central Valley and gave my life to the Lord and was baptized at a very young age. My parents were always very involved with church, which meant spending a lot of time there too. There was one particular evening we went to church to hear a special speaker who also performed these cool magic tricks that keenly coordinated with his message. It was entertaining, but the message was clear. Even though I was young and it was a long time ago, I will never forget that moment after the service when I sat down in a church pew with the wife of the speaker and she helped me pray and ask Jesus to enter my life. Being so young and immature, I had trouble grasping what it really meant to give my life to the Lord. I knew I was different and never doubted God's existence or presence. It's all I've ever known growing up in a Christian home. But as I got older and started interacting with more friends and school activities outside the church, I began to encounter some difficulties. Instead of embracing the advantage God had given me with this Christian foundation, I began seeing my beliefs as something that made me feel uncomfortable and different. My belief in God and church didn't seem to fit well with what was going on with friends and school activities. So I found myself trying to hide my beliefs and even feeling embarrassed if anyone found out I went to church. I still attended church, but was slowly pushing God out and more of the world in. 
Big mistake. This led me down a road that I will always regret. A lot of foolish and wasted years. Then one day, God sent a young girl my way. And I truly believe God put her in my life because from that point on, my life changed for the better. As my relationship with her grew, so did my relationship with God. She helped me to see the importance of my Christian family and the church. She was the carrot in front of the donkey, so to speak. I'm so thankful that she saw the potential in me because I would eventually marry this young girl and never look back on those wasted years. When LaSalle and I first came to Grace over 26 years ago, we began attending the Young Married Sunday School class led by Betty and Leroy Sumwell and enjoyed interacting with other young married couples. We quickly felt at home here and are so thankful for the solid biblical foundation we were able to build early in our marriage. We are so blessed by the fellowship with our church family here at Grace. We've always been very happy and content here, but it wasn't until we joined in our group that we really felt a deeper connection and appreciation for our church and realized how blessed we are with the leadership here. I believe we are being led in the right direction by men who are passionate about the word of God and prayerfully seeking his will. I have enjoyed serving in many, many ministries here at uh, Grace over the years, and I'm excited to see how God will um, use me as I serve on the deacon board. I'd like to read a little verse here. 1 Peter 4.10 each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Thanks. So my name is Kevin Canaday. I've been married to my wife, Tracy for 14 years. We have uh, four children, Jacob, who is 12, Nathan, nine, Justin, six, and Nicholas, who is four. Um, I grew up in a Seventh-day Adventist home. We attended church, but our attendance was sporadic at best. Uh, we understood that God was important, but having a relationship with him was not lived out in our home. Even though we were only a occasional churchgoers, my parents and extended family were heavily influenced by Christian values. My parents have strong family values. They raised me and my two brothers to lead good moral lives. They also lived out for the most part those values in their own lives. My parents always put family first. I have fond memories growing up with my parents attending uh, every band concert, cross-country meet, and other school event that I had, and going on many family vacations together. They were always encouraging and loving, and I feel blessed to have grown up in such a good family environment. Uh, because we occasionally attended church, I'd heard many Bible stories and knew some of the you know, stories about Jesus, but I don't ever recall hearing the gospel. Uh, if you'd asked me at that time if I died when I went to, if I died, would I go to heaven? I'm sure I would have responded in the affirmative. I thought I was a good kid. I did well in school, was nice to others, obeyed my parents. And since I was good, I believed that would be good enough. When I was in seventh grade, my older brother, Sean, who was a sophomore in high school at that time, began attending church with a friend. He soon became a Christian and started taking me with him to church every Sunday and Wednesday night. 
I was not at church long before I was exposed to the gospel for the first time. I came to understand that I was not as good as I had once thought, but it was sinful and need of a savior. On one Wednesday night, our junior high leader had presented the gospel and went through the sinner's prayer. I went home that night and prayed to God and placed my faith in him. I think the biggest change in my life at that point uh, was just that I wanted to have a relationship with God. I started reading my Bible and praying, and I wanted to tell others about what Jesus had done. Uh, went off to Fresno State later, and um, my brother was already there attending. He got me involved in Campus Crusade for Christ. It was there that I met my wife, Tracy. Um, I was already commuting to a job in Visalia from Fresno, and my wife's family was from the area, so it was an easy decision for us to decide to move to Visalia. Uh, for a time, we didn't have a church home. We, we occasionally attended some churches, but we really couldn't find a place that we wanted to call home. Looking through the yellow pages as well, we saw an ad for Grace and decided, let's, let's try that. We quickly realized that Grace is the place for us. We started attending a young marriage class, uh, began to build new friendships. And while attending Grace for the last 13 years, we have seen firsthand the love of Christ through our, our group, our pastors, and many others through both the good times and our challenges. And I'm very thankful uh, to be a part of Grace Community Church. Hi, my name is Curtis Lindholm. Um, I'm a nurse here in the community, uh, emergency nurse in the Queen Delta Emergency Department. Um, and my life has been built by the example of Christian men and women in my life. Um, my number one example has been my mother and father. I was raised in a Christian family and by two parents who loved the Lord with all of their heart. And through that, they loved each other so much. And it was just a great example for me and my brothers to grow up in. Um, the thing that I remember the most about my parents is their servants' hearts. They were always involved in church and they loved it. They just served in, in so many capacities. Um, and it wasn't the big, the big places that they served, it was the small places. And it really made a difference in my life and my brother's lives, um, just seeing that example that my parents gave. Um, my dad was such a hard worker, and he just instilled that in my brothers and I. And that's something that I just pride myself on, is just working hard, and it's all because of my dad. Um, the servant's heart of my mother is something that I cherish tremendously. She did so much for my brothers and I. She was a stay-at-home mom, and she just loved us so much. <laughs> And uh, she just poured her life into my brothers and I, and um, it's just um, amazing to just think of how much she gave to us. The memories that I remember most about my uh, mother was sitting on the couch just listening to her read the Bible uh, and trying to get as close to my mom as possible because she 
it was so important to her. And when somebody like that shares that with you, it you want to be as close to that person as possible. And I love my mother with all of my heart. And she just poured her life into us. Um, sorry. <laughs> uh, at the age of five, I accepted the Lord. Um, my dad led me to the Lord. Um, and... Ever since then, I've, I've been serving the Lord. Um, we went through kind of a rough patch with the church that um, we were at um, before this. And uh, at the age of 12, I came to Grace. Um, and it's been amazing. I remember my first experience here at Grace um, was in Sunday school class. It was sixth grade Sunday school class. My teacher was Bill Davis. And for those of you who know who Bill Davis is. He is a rock star of a Christian man, and he he just shares his experiences with, with people, and you just can't help but be blessed by that man. Um, and that is kind of the story of my life. I've been blessed with so many people that have just blessed me, and I see <laughs> so many people in this room that just blessed me tremendously. Tim Allen was my high school youth pastor, and he, <laughs> he and Marge were just amazing, amazing. They loved me so much and shared their lives and their family with me, and it was such a blessing to me. And uh, <laughs> uh, This church I uh, grew up in has blessed me with a wonderful wife, Corinne, uh, we've been married for 10 years, and we have two beautiful children, Abigail and Kelly. We have one on the way um, uh, in March, March 5th. <laughs> so I am so, so blessed by this, by this church, and it means so much to me. You guys have blessed me so tremendously, and it's the reason why I am standing up here today is because of the godly examples that each and every one of you have just poured your lives into me and have loved me so much. The overflowing of God in your life has poured onto me, and that's why I'm here today and why I've been chosen here today is because you have poured so much into me. And I just want to thank you all for that and giving me the experience of being up here and serving you. Thank you. That kind of gives you an idea why they have been selected, right? Um, you got a chance to hear all of these staff members and you know, board members and their family, wives and whatever. If you want to apply for those and thank them for their service, you could do that now too. So. <laughs> So before we move any further, um, you have your, your, your uh, ballots. I'm going to explain those more. Okay, so don't get too worried about that. But I'm going to explain more of that in a minute. But uh, before we do that, we also have our financial year-end review. And Tim Allen's going to come on up and introduce his team. Well, actually, his team is Eric DeHaan and uh, Wava Clark will be coming with him. And they're going to explain what's going on financially here. And Tim, it's all yours. Thank you. Uh, Wava and Eric, where are you? Um, just for the record, they are not my team. <laughs> they are our financial team. Um, we found out last year it was good to have all three up here because it was easier for, to, to answer questions. 
I serve as the executive pastor, as you already know. Eric DeHaan is the chairman of our deacon board and also serves as the treasurer. Hueva is our bookkeeper, and she also serves as our financial secretary, which is a one-year, year-to-year appointment by the board of deacons, and she was appointed again this year. I'm going to, we're going to share a variety of things uh, to you about the finances of the church. I'd like to read a couple of passages to you before we start. If you have your Bibles, you may not, but if you do, I'm going to read Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 19. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart is as well. Verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And I only bring that up to tell you that as we share with you about the finances of the church, um, we are a ministry, we are not a business, and therefore we handle money differently. We are always looking to to use the Lord's money to further his kingdom. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, sorry, chapter 9, verses 6 and following says this, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man and woman should give what he has decided to give in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. We are a volunteer organization, a church, and we are dependent upon the giving of the people. And when we hear the financial report, it's speaking to all of us. We all worship the Lord with our giving, and I just wanted to encourage you in that. I'm going to have Wava share with you briefly about... Um, our budget, how our budget and the monies that we take in are a little bit different than a, than a business. Can you explain that? Sure. I explained this last year. I explain it frequently to the boards, and they always assure me that it's good to hear it again. It's so bear with me if you remember all this from last year. I don't have anything exciting to report as far as like an IRS audit, which is a wonderful thing to not have to talk about. But um, I just kind of want to talk about, it, those of you that read your bulletin, and in the back where it's got the, the monthly figures that we worked so hard to put together for you, and it talks about budgeted dollars versus, uh, you know, actual giving, and then the next box down would be actual giving versus actual spending. And, and sometimes people get kind of worked up about those figures, and I just want to remind you that the budgeted dollars, you know, those aren't actual dollars. You know, we, just like you at home, when you look at your expenses and you try to project next month, what am I going to be spending, or next year, what am I going to be spending, and you come up with a budget, and it's not actual dollars, it's this is what I think we're going to spend. And so that's what that figure is. It's just broken down. Um, what I do is I take our, our, our annual budget and I look at this, the giving over the past year or two and I see what percentages were given in what months and I break that apart and I divide that up into 52 Sundays. And so that where that, that's where that budgeted money comes from. So that's our guess and that's what we guess we should be this, you know, at this point in this year. And the number below it is an actual hard figure of what's actually come in, and it shows you kind of where we're at of what we've guessed that we might need to spend and what we've actually taken in. The second set of numbers are, are much more 
um, you know, solid numbers and it's, it's your actual, what we've actually taken in versus what we're actually spending. And that's, you know, up till the last day of the month we took in and the last day of the month, all the bills that were paid. And so those are the figures that really, I mean, you need to keep an eye on the budget, but I just want to remind you that those are just like you set your budget, we set our budget. It's not um, actual dollars. It's, it's our best guess. And, and most of the years, if you look even this year, we don't spend what we've budgeted or we, we try. You know, we're, we're constantly looking at and evaluating where we're at with our actual giving and where we're at with our, with our budgeted dollars and what we've budgeted and what do we really need to spend out of that budget and what do we really not need to spend. Not giving up any ministry, but yet is there something that, you know, we can, some way we can work that out so it's, we're being really good stewards of what the Lord's given us. So, um, that's kind of what I just wanted to go over again with you guys, just a reminder of what those numbers mean and um, how hard we work to really give you accurate numbers of what's going on, and so you'll know exactly where the church stands financially. Thank you, Wava. Wava does report to the elders each month, and as we stand up here as three people representing the, the church, um, there are a lot of people that deal with the money of the church, and we are very careful I mean, I think we just got a wonderful church body as far as how we handle monies. If you can look in, you've been given a printout. Um, actually, you need to go to the second page. I think the first page is your budget. Um, income this year, I'll go through that with you. I am going to just use round numbers. Uh, if you get lost, please feel free to, to stop me, and I've got it on the screen behind me. Um, the undesignated this year monies we took in was 1424939. Our budget was 1588708, and you can see the variance. We also have interest income on two of our uh, uh, two notes that we have. So we took in 14596 and we have some building fees that come in, um, which are $325, which means that we actually took in this year 1439861. Our budget, 1588708. So our actual income to our budget, we were we missed budget by 148,846. Um, if I was to give you some, um, some perspective on that, this isn't on your notes, I just put it up in red so you could see it. In 2012, we took in 1647053 um, for a difference of, we took in 207,000 less this year than we did last year. We had some unusual gifts in 2012, though. What we do not, what I mean by unusual gifts, they were really large gifts that did not look like they were tithes. It looked like the Lord had given some, a couple of people some extra money and they, and they gave to the church as a result. What we don't know is in that, were there tithes in that or not? They were just unusual gifts. gifts. But those two gifts, if you were to take them away, we were only about $9,000 difference in our giving from this year to last. Um, I do want to say this, that every year, the sitting in this room are a lot of faithful givers, and we know that, and God bless you for what you have given to the church. This, our giving this year is very consistent with the last three or four years, and so uh, people are giving very faithfully. Uh, I want you to know before we move on to expenses that our pastor is constantly speaking to us uh, the staff about money and the need to handle it in a right and biblical way. We are always endeavoring to, to, we realize that we are handling the Lord's money. We always try to balance ministry versus giving just because, as Wava said, we have a budget uh, number, we don't spend it. 
Um, it's not like a business budget. Um, we, don't, we don't think that if we don't spend it, we lose it. We don't even think that way, so be aware of that. Let me go through expenses with you. It's not advancing, you guys. You can go to the first line. Okay, just why don't you just advance it for me then as I, as I go through it. Our property fund, we didn't, we didn't spend, we had 15,000 budgeted this year to put into our property fund. We did not spend that because the, the elders just felt like we didn't have the money to uh, put that into our property fund, so we were 15,000 under there. In pastoral expenses, we uh, spent 487,792. Our budget was 494,756, so we were 6,900 under budget in that line item. Um, in that is salary, continuing education, payroll taxes, and uh, just to give you an idea what some of, what falls into some of these line items. In administration, we spent 446,540. Um, our budget was 454,863, so we were uh, 8,300 under. Um, that's office staff payroll, office expenses, uh, insurance for both staff and property, just to give you an idea. Buildings and grounds, we, we spent 118,546. Our budget was 114,610, so we were just under 4,000. We were just over 3,936. That involves groundkeeping, utilities. By the way, can I tell you this? If you are like me, you often find lights on in your home. And they're not to be, they don't need to be on, so we go around and we turn them off. I want you to know that that is, that is multiplied in a church. And it would, utilities get us every year. Really does help us. If you leave a room and nobody's in there, turn the lights off. And the air conditioning and things like that. Um, there's repair and services, pests, uh, pest control, security alarm, as well, et cetera. Worship center operations, um, we spent $31.50. Our budget was $18,950, so we were $15,799 under, and that is mainly because we didn't do our Mother's Day service off-site, and we didn't spend that money this year. Capital expenditures, uh, we eliminated that uh, the last couple of years. Missions and outreach, um, we always spend that because, as Larry said, 12% of our budget goes to missions, so uh, that's why that is zeroed out. Music ministry, we spent $17,769. The budget was $20,100, so we were $23,30 under. High school ministry, the budget was, or we spent $53,337. Budget was $46,000. And so we were over in that budget, 7337. I'd like to explain that to you. Um, Pastor Stephen is excellent with his budget. Excellent. He's a really for his for his younger age. He does a great job. We had a unique year where the place we go for beach camp was not available to us because of some um, flooding. So very very quickly we found out our very. We, we didn't have much time to find another venue, and so Stephen found another venue. We signed a contract to go to that venue, and unfortunately, um, we, had a, we misunderstood the food costs in the, in the contract, and so there was, a, there was an overage because of that. We took steps. By the way, that was reported to the elder board. Um, 
immediately. We took steps to make sure that doesn't happen again, and it was a one-time thing, and, and actually it was, you know, the, the Lord was, I mean, people were blessed at that camp nevertheless. Children's ministry, 54, 527 we spent, 59, 650, we were 5,122 under. Intern ministry, 31,674, we budgeted 42,000, we were 10,000 under, and simply because we had some things that we were going to do that we chose not to do this year. Um, discipleship ministries, 15,367, the budget was 21,110, we were 5,042 um, under. Combined youth ministry, 13,593, budget 16,000. 2406 under. Junior high ministry, 27418. Budget was 26750. We were 66871 over. That's pretty good budgeting. <laughs> pretty close. Um, women's ministry, 11,338. Budget was 14,200. 2861 under. College and career, 27052. Spent. 26,500 was our budget, only 552 over. Really well done. Uh, contingency, 19,790 spent, 25,000 budgeted, 5,000 under. And the contingency is, is overseen by the deacons, and they use that for repairs and maintenance and things that we can't foresee. Um, so that's spent as it's needed. Men's and Counseling and Family Ministries, 15,287. Um, budget was 23,000, and we are 7,712 under. Total expenditures was 15, or 15, oh, sorry, 1513407. Our budget was 1588708, and we were under budget by 75,300, which is what we we labor to do when we are in a, uh, as we look at um, the monies that come in. Our expenditures, just to give you an idea, we, in 2012, we spent 15, 17, 395, so we actually spent 3,987 less than we spent the previous year. Total income to expenses, we were we were uh, 73,546. We took, we spent more than than we took in that amount. Do you have questions? Yes, Troy. If you if you take out those if you take out those those less. less. Yes. So we would have been about nine thousand under. Now again, that's just that money was given to us by the Lord, so we don't know the heart of the, we don't know what it was given, it was just, it was pretty unusual, unusually large, and we were blessed as a result. Other questions? Paul. Yes, Paul. Yes. Those are general fund notes that were, oh, they're roughly 300,000 is that accurate? Combined. Combined. Yes. They're, they're roughly 300000 combined, which um, was an act of the board. They're, they're an investment. It's a Class A note. Mm 
You mean combined youth ministry? Mm -hmm. A good example of that would be True Love Waits. All three ministries are involved in that. Um, uh, that's the staff development, things like that. When they do things together, they're not, it's not just junior high, just senior high, just college. If they do things that are jointly together, that's what that budget figure is for. Uh-huh. I'm going to turn it over to Eric to share with you our budget and also how it's prepared. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. Okay, I'll just share a little bit with you how the budget is prepared. In August, budget worksheets are given to the pastoral staff, and at about that same time, uh, the chairman of the personnel committee begins assembling and meeting to review and recommend salary adjustments. Um, once uh, the pastoral staff uh, gets their um, worksheets, they work through their budget, and then the deacons are each assigned to a pastor or a director, and the and women's director <coughs> or children's director, and uh, we meet with them. Once we are finished meeting, we come back together and have a meeting on the budget, and uh, so we go through all those things. We hash some details out. And uh, once that's done, each department's budget is collated into the entire church budget and then given to the deacon board chairman to present at the October meeting. So uh, once, once we, uh, the entire budget has been approved by the board of deacons, it is submitted to the board of elders for review and approval. And uh, this year we gave it to the elders in November and um, the final budget was approved by uh, the elder board in December. The, the deacons uh, write the budget and make recommendations, but just so you know, the elders have the final wherewithal to make any changes that they seem or deem, deem necessary. So we are just a, a guideline, and then they actually uh, make any changes that they feel necessary. So, which is not usually very which is not very many is it's usually not very many at all. So, um, having said that, let's go ahead and move on to the 2014 budget comparison. Um, first line is property fund. Uh, since we didn't meet, uh, we were a little bit short this year. The deacons decided that uh, the property fund, we've just been sitting there and it's just kind of been, uh, it, it all originated from years ago. I think it actually started out at like $30,000. It was actually a payment that we had on the old property, on this property at one time. And we just decided to keep it in there, but we thought, you know what, let's, let's uh, no, no need to keep it in there. Let's take it out. Um, next line, pastoral expense. Uh, 2013 uh, was 494 756 and it is going up to 533480 and uh, at this time I would like to invite Joseph Holt who is the chairman of the personnel committee to give you his thoughts on that. Hello everybody I was blessed to serve as the chair of the personnel committee again in uh, 2013. We started meeting in June uh, and met monthly through October and uh, undertook an evaluation of the staff evaluation process, then also looked at compensation for all of uh, the employees of the church, the pastoral staff and the administrative staff. Um, and there are some things on your budget that I wanted to point out real quickly that were the result of the work uh, of that committee. Uh, over those months, we identified some priorities, some areas where we would like to be able to change compensation, but we were also keenly aware of our limited resources and uh, we felt definitely the, the press of that 
uh, concern, and so we prayerfully considered over time. Uh, we had a couple changes in terms of the uh, structure of the staff, and so the increase that you're seeing in pastoral expense is actually related to the change in position and how we account for uh, wages depending on your job type. So. Um, I actually regret to inform you that there were no um, merit increases or salary increases uh, approved by the board or recommended from the personnel committee. It was our recommendation that we needed to hold the line uh, this year in regards to compensation. So there aren't any raises in that change. There is a change in uh, title. So uh, Michael Lopes, who was in the intern ministry, uh, which is a separate line item in the budget, was moved onto the pastoral staff, as you heard earlier, as a men's ministry director. And so that was uh, part of that change uh, resulted from that. So you'll see a direct offset in the intern program drops 24,000 from 42 to 18. They're not, it's not exactly apples to apples from that, only that one occurrence, but that is the, the bulk of that uh, change and transition. Uh, there also was a change in our administrative staff. Jackie Bolter, after 22 years of much appreciated service, retired. So she didn't make it, I don't think, tonight. She was driving back in from out of town, but a round of applause for, for that. Mm -hmm. So over the next uh, month, as you see Jackie, uh, thank her and congratulate her on her retirement. I don't know if she's driving Paul crazy at this point or, <laughs> or, the, other <laughs> or the other way around, more likely, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, Jackie uh, was a, a vital part of the office staff. And as Tim pointed out, it's really clear the heart of our, all of the people that, that work at the church are, are uh, very frugal and cost conscious. And that starts with our senior pastor. And so they undertook, uh, they tried to redistribute some duties. They have actually redistributed duties, uh, and uh, they have not hired additional administrative staff. Taylor, uh, for example, has taken on uh, some additional duties, as have other administrative staff. So the uh, change in uh, Michael Lopes' position was offset by a reduction in the intern ministry, and then also a reduction, uh, a minor, a slight reduction in the administrative staff because of that juggling uh, that took place there. And so that's everything I had to report. Okay. Thank you, Joseph. Mm -hmm. All right, moving on. Administration uh, for 2013 was 454,863, uh, going down to 442,363. We had some increases in this department, but they were offset by Jackie's position in retirement, as uh, um, Joseph just mentioned. Uh, building and grounds uh, is going to stay the same. Uh, worship center operations actually uh, went down $4,000. Uh, $4,000 was removed from the Mother's Day budget. Um, Mother's Day service. Mother's Day service. Uh, capital expenditures, zero. Uh, missions and outreach. Um, now, it does look like we're cutting missions and outreach, but let me explain how that works. Um, because our overall budget has been decreased, the, our missions budget is 12% of that overall budget. So when we decrease that, missions is also decreased. Um, so it's not like we said, hey, we wanna cut missions. It just, that's the way it works. Um, music ministry um, went down from 2100 to 1900. Um, high school ministries, 46, remaining even across. Same with children's ministries. Uh, the intern program, obviously the change is in the money that was moved around uh, with Michael. Um, discipleship ministries going down just a hair to 20950 
combined youth ministries down 8,000. The reason that is down is because this is a no true love waits year. Uh, junior high ministries um, going down 1250. Could I, could, yes. I, could I interject? We do true love waits every other year. I just wanted to make sure we have some new folks so that you understand. We do it every other year and this is the off year. Yeah, the deacons weren't that harsh. Huh? Yes, true love always waits. Yes. Definitely. Gosh. <laughs> Women's ministries. I happen to really love that woman. She's uh, she holds it great. Fourteen two. Great job, honey. Um, I'll give you a kiss later. I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't say that, but uh, special contingency uh, remaining the same, 25,000. Um, and college, and, oh, sorry, thank you. College and career, did not mean to skip you. Remaining the same at 26.5. And then men's counseling and family ministries, uh, Dawn is dropping it a little bit, uh, 21.9. Um, so total, um, our budget for 2014 is 1,556,019 down 2.06% from last year's budget. So uh, the difference from 2013 expenditures to the 2014 proposed budget is $42,611 difference. So any questions? We tried, yes, Ron. No, they're not. Uh, pastoral expenses. Uh, here, go ahead. Go here. Go ahead. Um, pastoral expenses is strictly pastoral, pastoral and director salaries. Our payroll expense for those salaries. Continuing education for pastoral continuing education, and um, yeah, basically that. You see, insurance cost and retirement cost, and those expenses would be included in the administration line for pastors and the administration. Any other questions? Yes, Paul. Yes. That's the addition of those three um, fees, yes. Yes. Well, we took... I guess you want to answer it. Okay. Uh, I should have. <laughs> She's the boss. No. <laughs> I, sh I thought about saying this earlier, and then I, when I got up here, I didn't have it in my notes. But, you know, Grace has been very, very blessed throughout the years. So, for instance, in your checking accounts, when you are not spending all your making, it just kind of floats there in your checking account unless you invest it somewhere, right? And you build up a surplus. Grace has built up a, a very large surplus over the years. So it's not like that 73000 makes us go in the red. It just comes out of our surplus or our savings, you know, what you would say. So, yes, we spent more, but there is money there 
that allows us the luxury of doing that. The Lord just has blessed us and we've been good stewards. Like I said, we have two notes invested and then we just have surplus in our checking account also. In savings would be the notes, would be the 300,000 and, and roughly in our checking account right around 100,000. Anything else? Yes. Fairly steady. Forty-seven, the forty-seven thousand you're referring to. He's talking about. Actually, took in. We just. What we actually took in. Yeah, he's not talking about this down here. Subtract that from that. Oh, I see. Okay. called faith and just because we budget it does not mean we have to spend it so you know um, yeah did I answer your question and and I just want to say as one congregation to a number if you think back to the second Corinthians um, 6 passage that I read at the beginning when I look at these numbers and I think you are like me we we go to the Lord in prayer and we think how can we be part of the solution and you know so we are doing very well as a church, and we are very thankful for, for what the Lord's doing here. Do you have any other questions? Okay, thank you very much. Thank you all on that one. Um, at this time, I'd like to get a motion to accept the budget as presented. Did I get a motion to do so? Got a motion in the back? Second? Get a second? Great. Now, before you is a ballot. Let me explain how that all works. So the elders on the list that you have on your little ballot, it looks something like, like this. Um, the elders were recommended by the congregation. They were reviewed by the nominating committee, the staff, and finally the elder board. The, uh, the recommendations for elder come as a result of the work of these three groups in an evaluation based on the qualifications from 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 9. So the final selection is made by the elder board and presented to you, the congregation, for ratification. In addition to uh, the ones you heard testimonies from, uh, both Chip McLaurin and Brett Harvey, you'll also see Kevin Shore and Kevin Salzman. They, they were both, well, let me just say this, they, when an elder or a deacon is, has completed a three-year term, they may choose to uh, serve an additional three-year term if they're willing and if the board is in agreement. So both Kevin Shore and Kevin Saltzman, Saltzman are eligible for this second term and are going to serve that. So uh, on the deacon board, we have Keith Douglas and Ronnie Kutsir beginning their second and third term as well, and again, their appointment by the elder board. So what you're to do, just to avoid confusion, is you're either to vote yes or no on each person on that list. You're also to vote to accept the budget, the 2014 budget or not. So, okay. 
And if you would go ahead and fill those out, mark those, do not. I've, I've been threatened of whipping or something. Do not fold these. Okay, if, if I don't tell you that, I'm in, you're in trouble. So don't fold these. Just kind of put them in the, the little uh, plate as it comes by. So then they'll be collecting those here in just a second. Okay. Any, any, everybody good with that? Great. So, um, Pastor John, would you like to come and speak to us? What a sweet spirit in this room. I have something of uh, considerable importance, so I need your complete attention. Each of us, having accepted Christ into our heart, has become a part of a much larger entity, the family of God. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 and 28 tells us that as Christ's church, we are all part of his body. In Christ, we flourish, generally and with great joy. We witness our mutual growth and fellowship as members, one another, in the body of Christ. Occasionally, and with tender concern, we may see a close friend or family member acting in a manner that is inconsistent with his or her role as a part of the body of Christ. In such instances, Scripture reveals our responsibility to come alongside our brother or sister in Christ and gently endeavor to restore them. Galatians 6.1 reads, Brethren, if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. We strive at Grace Community to do everything within our God-given power to follow God's word as faithfully as possible. Therefore, this directive is taken very seriously. Against the clear and divinely benevolent teaching and equally clear meaning of God's word, a word which to his people is living and sharper than any two-edged sword, a word in which his people hear God's voice and heed his heart. This word, this counsel, Mike Durker has renounced and is divorcing his wife of over 20 years, Stacy. Mike has been a prominent and visible leader in our church. It may be wondered and wondered of you, his church, whether as leaders and representatives of God's word, we have become nosy or intrusive, meddling in the lives of our church family in an unwarranted or unwelcome way. That is not the case. We were invited. The counsel of God was sought. It was not our desire, but theirs, and now it is God's. And addressing this matter is an unhappy task and an uneasy responsibility. Against counsel, against the willingness of counsel to assist and help, against the willingness of Mike's wife, Stacy, against the counsel of brothers and elders, Mike has rebuffed and rejected over and again the unbiased help of a core of people committed to assist and mediate the hard, and even complicated work of working through the real challenges that exist in a marriage. Marriage is a challenge. Those challenges are proverbial. But the gospel was made for such challenges. Here then, for example, 
the awareness of them, of forgiveness and of the gospel. It's been said, forgiveness doesn't say, what you did wasn't that bad. It says, it was awful, but I'm going to stay in relationship with you. It's been said, Ruth Graham said, a happy marriage is the union of two good forgivers. Tim Keller says, marriage does not so much bring you into confrontation with your spouse as confront you with yourself. Marriage is tough. The gospel is tougher. And our ultimate goal is full restoration and joy. In no way is our aim punitive at any level. We remain committed to Mike and Stacy, their two sons, Jared and Logan. And our hope and our prayer is that God will be allowed to restore the marriage that Mike and Stacy vowed before God many years ago, over 20. Without further specifics, the elders are informing you as a member of Grace Community Church that any and all efforts to reach Mike through love, logic, and compassion have ultimately failed. He's chosen to continue to pursue a path that demonstrates both disregard and defiance as to God's counsel, as to pledges made to Stacy, as to his conduct and witness as a professing believer in Jesus Christ as to his church's efforts to restore and reconcile him to these very things. You need to know that we end at this extreme step of informing you because all of the steps have been taken, and in many cases repeated more than once in an effort to enable Mike's faith and trust in God and the making of a right response to what God clearly and definitively has required of Mike and required of us all. For this reason, the Board of Elders has removed Mike Durker from our membership. We desire a different outcome. We pursue, as Mike will permit, a future reconciliation. Furthermore, the purpose of making our church body aware of this, making you aware of this, is to follow the words of Christ in Matthew 18, 17, where he, with regards to an unrepentant professing believer and the desire that he might be won over, He instructs us to tell it to the church, and if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Should you have the opportunity to interact with Mike at any time in the future, please take these words to heart. We must love, pray for, and care for Mike with an eye to his needs that call for the loving and gracious lordship of Christ in his life. We who have gathered as the body of Christ know the grace and mercy of this very Lord in our lives. It is not ours to keep. It must be demonstrated and expressed to others and no less to Mike. But let us be conscientious of what God is trying to do in Mike's life, even as he is in our lives, to fashion us into the very likeness of Jesus Christ. And to that end, let us seek that for Mike in all our dealings, and God will gain the glory. 
Stacy remains a cherished and committed member of the family of God, our family in Christ. And we call you to pray, and to pray with great earnest. We are hopeful that with your prayers, God may change everything to the glory of the gospel proven in the midst of these difficulties between two people that he loves and loves greatly. I wanted to say that here to us because you are those who know Mike and know Stacy, and we need you to pray. We need you to love this family. And maybe with this occasion in which we address this, as those who are dear and know Mike and Stacy well, God may choose, freed in a way, enabled in a way, his very spirit unleashed in a way by our hearts and prayers for Mike and Stacy. That's our prayer. We pray with me. And will you stand as we pray? Father, on this occasion, with Mike and Stacy on our hearts, do a great work of the gospel, your work of redemption, not only in their lives, in ours too. Mindful as we are, we pray that you will use us, our intercession, the work of your Holy Spirit to bring reconciliation and wholeness to this marriage as well as to our church through the triumph of Jesus in our hearts. We pray this in his matchless name and for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, some of you may have been saying, what's going on on that property out there at Cherry Avenue and Lover's Lane? Well, this is our chance to kind of bring you up to speed. Uh, there's some exciting stuff going on. So I'm going to ask uh, Pastor John and Jim Wood to come on up. And Jim, uh, maybe we're going to let you go first. So Jim's, Jim's goal here right now is to tell us where we are and kind of some of the things that God's been doing. So Jim, what's happening? Well, Larry, let me tell you what's happening. <laughs> here we are a year later, and I'm reporting again that we're still constructing the building, but we've moved so much further than where we were last year. So I'm excited to be here tonight to, to give you an update on the campus. Uh, we are nearly complete with the administration building. Um, Cabinets are almost done within the next week or two. Uh, flooring, we've got, it's, in, it's, in, it's here. We just need to wait till we get some heat in the building and it'll be going down. Doors and hardware are here, but we can't get those installed till we get the flooring down and the finish work. So uh, it, it's, it's been an amazing process and we're, we're very close. Uh, exterior wise, uh, we're waiting on the gas company to connect up. If any of you have dealt with the gas company lately, you know that they're kind of on their own schedule. Uh, we're experiencing that too. So I started in April with them, and here we are almost in April, and we might get hooked up in the next few weeks, I hope. Um, if you've been by concrete sidewalks, um, driveways, curb and gutters, all been completed around the, the building. Base rock's been installed. Uh, we're getting ready for paving. Um, and we've started to install our sophisticated landscape irrigation system. Um, 
which we are stalling, installing with our volunteers. So there's been a bit of a learning process, um, but, but we, are, we need to get it right because we have a landscape engineer plan and, uh, and it's going in now. Over the course of construction, we've had uh, many what I've called wow moments I've talked to you about in the past. Some are small and some are huge. These are moments that uh, we know that God's intervened in some way. Uh, somehow he's touched someone that's worked out there or some course of action that we've had to, to pray about has, has happened, but we've had some great wow moments. Too many to list uh, here, but I, I, I'm in hopes to produce a list sometime to, to share. Um, one of the things is that we've had a lot of savings and discounts with the people that we've bought supplies from and, and uh, contractors that we've used. Uh, right now, approximately, we have saved or been discounted or received back about $150,000. The largest of that being just about 50% of their cost uh, back to us because they said that they have been so blessed by work, extra work that they never have had this time of year. So um, we're, we know God's working on that property. Um, another blessing is the, the people who come out and volunteer. Um, it, it's amazing. The, the property is clean. The property is, you know, the weeds are dying. Um, whenever I call for help, uh, Dave Canole gets a, a group out there. The office is clean. Um, we've got dedicated during the week um, volunteers who are helping install and trench and put in pipelines, and, and it's, it's just a blessing um, to have them out there, uh, not to mention that it's also saving us um, a lot in labor. Probably the, the biggest wows that I get from people are from people that are outside our body uh, that, that come across our project coming in to do things. And uh, uh, it, it just amazes me when I hear someone say, there's something different about working on this project. And these are from people that, that are outside the church. I don't know what their, what their faith is. I don't know where they're at. But they seem to be touched when they come on the property and work if they've, if they've been there, you know, for a little while. Gives us an opportunity to, to talk to them a little bit and, and explain what we're doing here at Grace and what we're doing with that piece of property down there. So, um, again, we're almost done with the building. We've got a lot of off-site work to do, but we're, we're getting closer. So. Tell you what, this guy here is laying it down for the for the ministry out there. Um, you know, he's not a contractor kind of like person. It just it's all black and white. He sees God's hand in what's going on, and like you say, in the lives of, of uh, some of the contractors that are coming by. I'm coming back now to kind of share with you one other little point here that we want to make on regarding the property. So, as Jim shared, this phase of the construction really is almost complete. So uh, I'm out at the site almost every week. I'm telling you, it's amazing to watch what God's doing out there and to hear the lives that are being touched. Uh, as we come to completion, though, we're now trying to complete, you know, or compute what the funds are that are needed to wrap up the work. So this is a really difficult number to derive. So it's like you say, Jim, Jim gets these things that get like, donated all the time. So it's always been difficult to get budget numbers on that because of that kind of thing. But so our best guess right now is that if we really could use a best guess, it's about $100,000 to finish the balance of the work, have everybody in and have that all done. So the boards and the staff would like to uh, have each of you pray about this, this uh, project here and pray about how the Lord might use you and me in this project to, to do the completion. 
Um, on Sunday, February 23rd, we're going to have a project completion offering, we're calling it, like any special offering we do once in a while. So uh, as the boards and the staff are also committed, uh, we'd like, to, like you to be committed to do that too above normal tithes and offerings. Um, and we would, we're committed by example. We're not asking you, know, you to do something we're not going to do. So we're, we're all kind of looking, okay, how am I going to help out with this as well? Um, I just want to remember, I want you to remember that all through this, from day one, from back when we even purchased the land out there, our slogan from the beginning has always been not equal gifts, but equal sacrifice. And you know what that means, not equal gifts, but equal sacrifice. So I want to thank each of you for your prayerful consideration of your participation on the 23rd of February on that. And now, Pastor John wants to talk about where we're going next. This is exciting. Get ready. Thank you, Larry. We've always wanted to get out to the property. We felt that God has led us to that. Our property here is paid off. The, the ground is paid off. The building is paid off. We're just uh, uh, a wall and some landscape and a little uh, uh, cement away from uh, meeting all the requirements to occupy that. But we've always wanted to get out on the property. And uh, I wanted to just walk us through quickly kind of how we got here, and then I want to share with you something that we believe. Um, well, I liked what I think it was uh, Chip said, the Lord had something else in mind, and I want to share that with you because we're amazed at what God can do, and uh, that, there's a great song, Ponder Anew, What the Lord Almighty Can Do. And so, uh, if you have that ready, let me share a little bit. Uh, as I said, we've always wanted to get out on that property, and in the last 14 years, I've felt like it's been, I felt called when I came here to shepherd that responsibility that of what God had already called us as a church to do. And so uh, we moved in that direction. And uh, we created a model of what we would be moving toward. And I'm just going to show you a few, a few pictures. Uh, that right there would be the worship center. The worship center, the admin building, a multi-purpose building. Christian Ed building. An amphitheater. And the admin building. Uh, let me show you a little bit of what you'd see if you go out to the admin building at this time. And I'm going to just move through these as quickly as I can. Those are side by side. Those aren't You can see we're close, even in the carpeting in one or two places is down. 
These are big files. And a lot of a lot of you and a lot of people, volunteers, I pushed it too many times trying to hasten it. So now, if you can run it back to the uh, the the faces of different people at, at work and volunteering out on the property. We have a lot of folks to thank, and we thank you for the time that you have invested. And uh, so if we get that picture back, we'll, we'll see some faces, but those are just representative. Um, that kind of gives you a sense, if you haven't been out to the property and seen the administration building, how close we are. And what I wanted to share is a big file, so things kind of bog down. It's kind of like trying to squeeze something down the drain, I think, uh, too big. But when we get that set up, I, I, we had a prayer summit, a very significant prayer summit, and we were faced with the vision, some of what was just uh, expressed artistically that we walked through before I brought you up to date and... Uh, now, if you can push me ahead one slide, please. At that prayer summit, a large prayer summit, our leaders, a broad number, boards, pastoral staff, people on our campus construction team, uh, out of that prayer summit came a phasing plan because the total number for the project was just beyond our reach, way beyond our reach. And yet we felt compelled to be out on the property, as I said. And so we phased that program, and we phased it in terms of phase one, which was the ministry fields, the sporting fields that we would use for ministry, the amphitheater, which would serve as a, as a place of gathering and ministry, music and worship and service to our body and the community, and then the administration building. Phase two was everything else but the worship center. And we eventually took that plan uh, once all the drawings were completed, all the research was done, the architect kind of signed off on all the stuff. We, we submitted it to the planning uh, uh, committee, and they then unanimously pushed that on to the city council where we met some opposition uh, from the com community, which to our minds, well, it was a, just a misunderstanding of our, of our ultimate plan. And so as a result, um, it looked like the entire project was going to go down in defeat. Uh, you've maybe heard us speak about what we regard, I regard as a miracle of God, that that thing was resurrected, and we won't go into the details now, but a condition was that we build the administration building first, and that's what we're doing. We can't do anything. We can't occupy that property. I mean, we could probably do something out there, but we really can't occupy it and proceed to occupy the property until we build the administration building and occupy it and sign off on it. We have continued to pray, even though the next step would be the completion of phase one, the ministry fields and the amphitheater. And that was always, phase one was always considered a realistic, achievable 
objective, and it was always intended to add ministry, to expand our outreach, and as it were, diversify what we're able to do without dividing our ministry between this campus and that campus or any configuration other than what we could do through the ministry fields and the amphitheater. But we've continued to pray and seek the Lord, seek answers to how can we get out there? Well, just this October, are we anywhere close to getting this thing fixed? Oh, it's my fault. <laughs> All right, I, they're, they're, they do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. Okay, building phases. There's phase one. You can see the amphitheater. Admin building, ministry fields. Phase two, these buildings right here. And phase three, right here. One, two, and three. But now, as of October, that's pretty recent. October, November, December, January. We think God has shown us something, and we want to share it with you. It's preliminary, but what is impressive to me is it's functional and it's feasible, and we're excited about it. Those of us that have been praying about it, thinking it through, and kind of pushing it to the point that we can talk to you about it today. And the amazing thing is, here's the building that we're talking about. In a way, this was the, the clouds parted, if you will, or the sea divided for us only, so to speak, in the wake of the completion of the admin building because we could never have imagined what we could do with this one building had we not the admin building in place. And I might just spell something out for you, at least as I see it, the admin building required of us by the city council has been objectionable to some folks. But now we can see how God led us in this direction, even through the city council, because once it is virtually ready to be occupied, now we were able to see in a way that we weren't able to see before what God can do. And that's what I want to share with you about. This building, as I have it pictured here, this is a smaller version. You can see the indented, but if we just, this is what we call cheap square footage. If we expand these borders just out here, which doesn't alter our footprint or jeopardize our conditional use permit, this building represents 38,000 square feet. Jim Wood and Brett Wells looked at our total square footage here on this campus, all the square footage that we use, 40,422. But when we take the administration out, we have a surplus of 6,421 square feet more available to us 
in that building than we have in this. And we would say even more efficient use of that square footage because we have some dead square footage in our current facility. We have 9,000 feet in this worship center. We can have 9,000 feet right there. We can have junior high and high school ministry in this building at the same time with more capacity and space than we currently have in our current student ministry building that we use for junior high and high school. Jim and Brett checking with the experts, and they're pretty expert themselves, estimate a building such as this, and let me just uh, show you some. This is the smaller version, which was 35147. Here's the version of 38,243 feet. They calculate reasonably, realistically, not low-balling or chipping away. They don't want any surprises. 4.5 million for that building. Estimates of what our property and buildings are worth here has been put at 2.5 or 3 million. And there are people interested. We've had two. We had a call just five weeks ago. The difference between the building at 4.5 and what we might be able to get between 2.5 and 3 means the hurdle for us then becomes somewhere between 2 million or 1.5 million. And that's exciting. That's a big difference because all along, phase two to move out to the property beyond phase one was a $12 million price tag. And so we're excited about the possibilities. And we ask you to ponder anew what the Almighty God can do. Be praying. Be thinking about this. And we'll be reporting more as we're able to refine our understanding. Like I said, only in mid to late October was this taken up. We spent quite a bit of time talking about it at our leaders' retreat, 1st of November. And here we are in January, and we've been busy with other things, but nudging this along. And all of a sudden, you see, it is quite possible that the Lord has something else in mind that could get us all to the property that he has given us and really make entering the land a realization. It's certainly one that is, as I said, not only functional, but feasible. And that is exciting. Larry? Just dovetailing on what Pastor John said, I am excited about that that new prospect of that uh, property. You know, if you look around here, you know, this is a temporary building, and we're still here. Um, a lot longer than anybody thought we would be. Uh, it's time to move and occupy that land. And we, we really see, you know, God opening up a real door to do that. So what I wanted to do next, let's announce the vote. All uh, the uh, elders were approved. The budget was approved. So thank you very much. We appreciate that.
One of the things I'd like to do too now is introduce the new officers uh, for this coming year. Um, in our November meeting, we vote on our board officers, elder board officers for the coming year, and uh, I would like to make sure that you're aware of who they are. Um, elder chair, we got tired of the old guys, so we thought, let's, how about Kevin Saltzman? So Kevin Saltzman will be our new elder chair. And our vice chair will be Cecil Ellison. Cecil? Okay. And our secretary will be Dave Canold. Okay. And um, the deacon chair will be, once again, Eric DeHaan to continue in that role. Thank you very much, guys. Oh, out of time. But I do want to uh, praise the Lord with you. Uh, 23 baptisms this year. Right Hand of Fellowship, 25, 15 uh, parent and child dedications, uh, 20 R groups, almost 300 of us involved in R groups, and I certainly want to praise uh, Jim Wood, Wes Fulton, and Garrett Mays for their service uh, to our church, to the Lord as uh, deacons. And Larry, thank you, and Brett, thank you for your service to us and to the Lord as elders. Six years in the case of those gentlemen. So we praise the Lord for you. And uh, I'm thankful for you. Thank you for being here tonight. It's very important to us that we be here, and um, we do try to watch the time. It goes by so quickly. Um, I have, uh, you know, I'm gifted to speak at length. <laughs> so uh, I have to temper the spirit sometimes. But uh, let, me, let me pray, and then I think we have some uh, uh, official closing to do. Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you. We ask that... A few things he wants to share with us. You would bless in 2014 your people at Grace Community Church to serve you with abandon to serve you with great faith and ardor, to serve you with distinction, to reach those who do not know you, to care and rear disciples to serve you and to worship you with heart and authenticity together. We thank you, Lord, for 2013 and for your faithful protection and care and blessing. And we praise you in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, God bless you. Thank you, John. Just one last couple of things I want to share with you is I want to say thank you so much for the honor of being able to serve the Lord alongside of you on this um, elder board and to, uh, to be able to share this. And I tell you what, the Lord has continued to grow me up and raise me up and make me a better person and, and a leader uh, because of the shoulders I rub. You don't get to know these guys kind of like I get to know these guys. You know, what I think is so unique about the, the uh, leadership and the deacons and the elder board is there's not a man there that has a personal agenda. No one there is out there to try to, you know, rah, rah, rah their cause and, and get it out there. It's we move by consensus. If we don't all agree, we don't move. 
And uh, it's just, it's amazing. And God just shows us either it's not the right thing or it's not the right time if we can't move by consensus. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing, and it really is. And so I'm going to really miss being around these band of brothers. They're just so good. The last person I want to thank is, you know, there's a, there's a lot of times when I get, I'm getting phone calls. I'm having to do work and do things at weird times of the day or the night or the weekend. And, and it's my wife, Carla. The church is important, and it always comes to her before anything else we have going on. Um, I, I don't get that support anywhere else like that. And so I want to say thank you to Carla for that and all the years of doing that. She's always made it very important for me to do this and, uh, and to support me on that. So thank you so much, John. Appreciate you for doing that. So um, officially, I'd like to, to uh, get a motion to adjourn this meeting, unless you want to stay later. Yeah, okay, Jerry, thank you. Uh, second? You have a second? All right. Maybe they do want to stay. So uh, all in favor of adjourning after Kevin prays, say aye. Aye. Brother Kevin, welcome as our new chairman. And if you could dismiss us in prayer. All right. Please stand with me as we pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that we could just, um, that you would allow us to come together and praise you. And I ask that you just be with us this year and, uh, we have no idea what you have planned, but we just vow that we just give our lives to you and our hearts to you and whatever you have planned, Father, that we would just seek that with joy and perseverance, Father. Just please bless this church, bless the people within it, Father, and just do awesome things through us, Lord. We love you so much in your name. Amen.